Well, hello there. Welcome to the Shaleen Show. Today we are talking about cellulite. I got it. Do you? Well, if you don't, you're pretty lucky. In this episode, I'm going to break down the myths, the misconceptions, what you can do about it, what you can't do about it, and so much more. Thanks for tuning in. Let's do this. We all know what cellulite looks like. We've seen it. We've maybe seen it on ourselves. We've seen it on other people. It's often described as being cottage cheese or looking like cottage cheese or lumpy, bumpy legs, butts, thighs, abs, back of the arms. Cellulite shows up where we tend to store body fat. And for women, that tends to be in our midsection, thighs, hips, abdominal region, like the area that's associated with weight gain for childbearing. So why do we then sometimes see cellulite in children or cellulite in men? An increase in cellulite after a pregnancy or during menopause, perimenopause. As I'm sure you've already deduced, there is a significant correlation between hormones and cellulite. But it's not just our hormones, right? Because certainly we all know that person who has been through puberty or has gotten pregnant or has gone through menopause and they don't have a drop of cellulite on their body. Well, let's just pray that God is fair and they have like really bad breath or split ends or something. But yeah, the fact of the matter is some people have very little cellulite and some people have a lot. To help you understand this, I'm going to break it down for you. But before I do, I'm going to cut to the chase and tell you this. There is not one particular cure for cellulite. Number two, 80 to 90% of women report that they have some cellulite or have had cellulite in the past. In other words, yeah, it's very, very normal. In the Victorian ages, cellulite was celebrated. Can we go back? Uh, Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, I mean, to not have cellulite is unrealistic. If you're a woman, basically, it's certainly possible, as we know, like maybe 10% of women don't have cellulite, but are they doing something different? Are they eating differently? Are they using a special cream? Well, you're going to know the answers to all of that in just a few minutes. That's my goal. First of all, to understand what you can do about it and how you should feel about it and what control you actually have begins by understanding what it is, like how it's formed. Obviously, it starts with the skin. The skin or the top layer of our skin, the epidermis, is what we see with our eyes, right? But just beneath that is the dermis. So think of that as almost like a lining just below the skin. And then beneath that is our fat and connective tissue. And we all need fat to live. Hello, we need fat for optimal brain health. We need fat to survive. Like fat isn't a bad thing. But connective tissue is what kind of keeps that fat at bay. Now, what's really interesting is that men and women, the structure of our connective tissues is very different. The male species connective tissue looks more like, imagine a fishnet. So it's web-like. Whereas for most females, not all, but most females have kind of a vertical linear structure of connective tissue. And as I'm sure you've already figured out, we aren't all exactly the same. We're all so different. Our DNA is going to determine how far apart those connective tissues are, how tight the connection is between each of those bands, and and actually how rigid those bands are. DNA is the probably the biggest factor when it comes to cellulite. So think about your mom or your grandma 
Like, did you ever see her legs, her thighs, her abdomen? If your mom or your grandmother or the women in your family tend not to have cellulite, no matter what weight they're at, there's a very high likelihood you're not going to. Our DNA loads the gun. It's what we do with our lifestyle that pulls the trigger or keeps the safety on. Just because your grandma or your mother might have gone through menopause early or may today have diabetes doesn't mean that you're going to. Although you may be genetically predisposed for those conditions, to some extent, we can control the expression of many of those genes. Not entirely, but far more than most people recognize. By epigenetics, I mean we all have a genetic disposition, and then it's our lifestyles that determine how much of these undesirable traits we are going to experience or not experience. Case in point, my husband carries one of the genes, APOE4, for Alzheimer's, and so did his father. And his dad didn't do any of the lifestyle alterations that could have perhaps prevented the early onset of it. His own father, that would be Brett's grandfather, didn't start to experience symptoms until he was 85. Thanks in large part to the awareness that so many others before us have brought to the condition of Alzheimer's, Brett and his brother are doing absolutely everything in their power to make sure they are checking off all of the lifestyle boxes to manage that, right? So it's exercise, it's sleep, it's minimizing processed foods, reducing stress, proper supplementation, avoiding toxins. Again, this is not to say that either of them will escape that disease, but there's a much higher likelihood. Like just the fact that these two guys exercise daily reduces their likelihood of getting Alzheimer's by 30%. Like that's such a freaking no-brainer. Anyways, not to talk about Alzheimer's. Let's get back to cellulite. My point is this. Just because genetically you look at your family, you look at your gene pool and you're like, oh man, I am destined. No, you're not destined. Does it mean that you are more likely? Sure. It also means that you need to be more proactive. And that's what I'm going to help you to be today by sharing some of these things that will help you to manage the symptoms of cellulite if you care. Like, I don't know if you care or not. I don't know. Maybe you love your cellulite. Maybe you do. That's awesome. But for those of you who would actually like to reduce appearance of it, I'm going to break down some of the facts and bust open some of the myths. But let's just start from a common sense standpoint. So number one, we know we're talking about fat. And we know that we're talking about fat pushing through connective tissue, and that fat pushing through the connective tissue is then what gives us that appearance, especially if the skin is thinner. So someone who has a thinner dermis, you're going to see the appearance of cellulite more so than someone who doesn't. And you can't change your dermis. You just can't. But what you can change is the swelling or the growth or the size of your fat cells, number one. And number two, you can strengthen those connective bands. How do we do that? Well, a lot of different things. First of all, circulation. Circulation is huge. And that's why a lot of times you will see that cellulite goes kind of hand in hand often with varicose veins. Not always, but oftentimes. You've also probably noticed, I have noticed this, that when I kind of notice, like, I don't know, sometimes certain months, like I notice my cellulite and it actually feels like kind of like numb there. Like I can tell I'm not getting good circulation. Now these connective tissues are often referred to as the fascia. So I'm sure you've seen or heard somebody talking about 
fascia blasting, which is maybe a trademark term. I'm not sure. But it's definitely a technique. Forget about the tools or the gadgets that go along with fascia blasting. It is a technique that's been used for hundreds of years by women and massage therapists to kind of break up connective tissue. Sometimes it's used to break up scar tissue. And a lot of people believe there are some inconclusive and conclusive studies that by doing so, you can boost the production of collagen. And it's the production of collagen that strengthens these bands. But lack of circulation, systemic inflammation in your body, which we've talked a lot about on this podcast, and even trauma and scarring can tighten up those bands and make them so tight that it's almost painful. And it also creates this inflexibility so that many of the nerves become sensitive to pain. And of course, this is when we see a greater appearance of cellulite. So first question, does fascia blasting really work to reduce the appearance of cellulite? Here's what I'm going to give you. This is my personal opinion. And I can only give you my personal opinion because there are so many studies on this that are inconclusive meaning that there are some that support it and some that don't. I personally know for a fact, and we do know this, that it improves circulation. And we know that by improving circulation, we can decrease the appearance of cellulite. To the extent of which I see it advertised on the internet, I don't know. It's not something I do every day. It is something I do maybe once a week, and I haven't done it in months, but there was a time at which I was doing it like once a week because it just felt so good. And in fact, when I see my massage therapist, she's a big believer in fascia blasting, not just for cellulite, but for your feet, your ankles, your joints, like everywhere where the fascia is tight. She just really believes that improves circulation, improves mobility. And here's the bottom line. Bottom line is it certainly doesn't hurt. Do you need to buy an expensive, quote, fascia blaster? No. I think it's a cool gadget. I own one, but I'm sure there are knockoffs too. Not that I'm suggesting you should buy the knockoff. I'm just saying, like, I think it's a good thing. It certainly isn't going to harm anyone, but don't assume that fascia blasting alone is going to reduce your cellulite. Think of it as a tool to help you improve circulation. All right, let's get back to inflammation. We know that inflammation does what? It causes the body to hold on to water. And our fat cells will swell and appear larger when we are inflamed because they hold water. So it's not uncommon that when you are highly inflamed or when you have systemic inflammation, you don't even realize that you're dealing with a low level of inflammation throughout your body. You're going to see an increased appearance of cellulite. So what should you do? you guessed it, all the things that reduce inflammation. Unprocess your diet. Stop drinking the diet soda. Reduce your sugar intake. Minimize your consumption of alcohol. Reduce your stress and get more sleep. That's how you reduce inflammation. That's it. All right. So if you want to reduce the swelling or the size of your fat cells, that's one way to do it is to reduce inflammation. The second way is to reduce your body fat. So here's something that's kind of mind-blowing. You probably have had the same amount of fat cells since you were 16 that you do today. That's kind of shocking, huh? Because you're like, oh, no, this girl, when she was 16, she didn't have any fat cells. Yes, you did. They just weren't maybe as large or maybe they were larger. I don't know what you looked like at 16. I don't know what your body fat was like. But for many of us, the amount of fat cells that we have is very close to what we had after we finished puberty. Now, there are certain times in our lives where due to hormonal changes, we increase 
the number of fat cells that we have. Interesting, right? One of those times is during pregnancy. That makes sense. And of course, obviously, during puberty. And guess what, ladies? Oh, how exciting. Menopause. How fun. Yay. Just another reason to look forward to menopause. But here's the deal. Again, if you don't walk into menopause blindly, if you begin to prepare by really paying attention to your nutrition and your lifestyle, menopause isn't going to feel like you got hit by a Mack truck. Hopefully, it just feels like any other time. That is how fat cell production works. We can, however, reduce the size of our fat cells. We do this a couple of different ways. Number one is by creating an energy deficit. Now, notice I didn't say calorie. I did not say calorie deficit. I said an energy deficit. And you figuring out the appropriate energy deficit is a science. I cannot tell you what your macros need to look like, but I can tell you this. It has very little to do with calories because the whole concept of a calorie, you've heard that on previous episodes, is just it's stupid. It's total hogwash. Energy in versus energy out is accurate, right? And if we can create a slight deficit where we're burning more energy than we're consuming, then we're likely going to see a reduction in body fat. And a reduction in body fat means that those fat cells are going to shrink in size. And when they shrink in size, they don't push as hard on the connective tissues and therefore the appearance of cellulite is minimized. Again, don't go crazy, ladies, because we're supposed to have cellulite. If 80 to 90% of women all have cellulite, we're supposed to have it. Just because society has said, oh, let's Photoshop that away, it's unattractive, doesn't mean that it's not supposed to be there. It's supposed to be there. It serves a purpose. Now, if you want to minimize the appearance of it, that's up to you. But let's not diminish our own health, our mental health, and our sanity trying to eliminate entirely something that is supposed to be there. It's going to be there. The question is, do you want to reduce the appearance of it? That's fine. But I'm just telling you as your bossy older sister, don't try to get your body fat so low that you're going to crush your mental spirit. You lose sight of what's important. That becomes an eating disorder or an over-exercising disorder known as orthorexia. Or you just become so obsessed with it and it's just a futile pursuit. I think it's also important to note that there are women who can get their body fat down to 11%, 10%, which is dangerously low and likely to cause you to stop menstruating and to throw your hormones completely out of whack. But you can go to all the efforts to get your body fat that low. And I've seen this where fitness competitors can get their body fat, again, down to like 9 10% females, which is insanely low, and still have cellulite. Not all, but some. Why? Again, genetic predisposition. Now, I hate to go on a little rant here, but can I just tell you how annoying it is for me to do the research on for this show and find that there are so many, I'm sorry, fitness dudes and male doctors talking about cellulite and, and perpetuating so many of these myths. And there's women perpetuating these myths too. One thing I don't hear enough people talking about is the relationship to hormones and therefore perimenopause, menopause, puberty, PCOS, fertility, like all of these things really are going to have a dramatic impact on the appearance of cellulite because of hormones. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, I want to take a moment to thank our show sponsor. I want to thank them for being a sponsor of the show. I also want to thank them for providing healthy alternatives for my family. And that is Organifi. I mean, look, no one really loves taking 
capsules and vitamins, and I have to do it, and I'm sure you do too, but it's nice to be able to have a powdered form of so many of the important supplements that we all need. And there aren't very many companies who have mastered this. Organifi has. A couple of the products I love from them, I encourage you to check out. Number one is their Organifi Immunity. Now, Immunity is this delicious kind of citrus-flavored powder that I add to my water along with Organifi Pure, but the Immunity is wonderful because it's going to give you 500% of your daily vitamin C in addition to the bioavailable zinc and vitamin D3. Now, these are all things, ladies, you need to balance your hormones. These are things that you need to have an optimal immune system. These are the things you need for energy. It's so simple to just pour it in your drink. And it is so nice to have the Organifi Greens Powder because I am really trying to be great about having enough of my dark green leafy vegetables every day. But there are days where I'm like, okay, I just, I don't feel like chopping a salad or I don't feel like running out to buy fresh salad and we don't have any. And if I'm being human, I don't have fresh greens in the house and I need them daily. So I just do a scoop of Organifi Greens. It actually tastes pretty good. And as I'm sitting here, I'm wondering what it would taste like if I mixed the immunity with the greens. Now there's an idea. Let me try it first and then I'll report back. In the meantime, you can try their products for 15% off. All you have to do is go to Organifi.com forward slash Shaleen and then enter the code Shaleen. I'm going to spell it for you. O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com. Again, it's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com. Again, it is forward slash Shaleen. You want to enter the code Shaleen and you'll get your 15% hookup. So let's get back to the subject of hormones. First of all, your skin, get this, is the target organ for almost all of your sex hormones. That's why when your sex hormones, which is basically all of your hormones, but when your sex hormones like estrogen, progesterone, estradiol, testosterone, when these things get off, you see it in your skin. Your skin becomes dry or your skin becomes oily. That's when we get breakouts. You can see hair growing. You can see a suppleness that's lost, low collagen production, which tends to produce crepey, saggy skin. Now, all of these things we associate with aging, but we shouldn't. We need to associate these things with hormonal changes. And certainly, no matter what age you are, there have been times where you had unexplained acne, when you had unexplained dry skin, or you had your skin just didn't look good. It didn't look its best. Well, I can tell you that there's a 98% chance that was likely related to your hormones. So the very obvious conclusion is that the appearance of cellulite has everything to do with your hormone levels. And isn't it crazy that we never hear people talk about this? They talk about cellulite creams and they talk about reducing your body fat, but rarely do you hear professionals or pseudo-professionals talking about the impact that our sex hormones have on our cellulite or the appearance of cellulite. For one, when you are estrogen dominant, which is very common as women begin to enter perimenopause and menopause, your body does not metabolize fat the same way it once did, especially as those estrogen levels start to creep up, your testosterone levels start to creep down, and so do your progesterone levels. Progesterone levels drop down, and that's when we start to notice the appearance of our skin looks really different. You'll be like, gosh, I never had any problem in this area, and suddenly your skin there looks very different. 
And this isn't just for my perimenopausal and menopausal listeners. This is for any of you. Some of you are suffering from PCOS, fertility problems. You're wondering why you've got so much cellulite as you're trying to lose the baby weight and you're also nursing. Your hormones have everything to do with the appearance of cellulite. So number one, just know that. Number two, understand, especially if you're perimenopausal, menopausal women, you don't have to just suffer through this the way maybe your mother or grandmother did. Go find out what your hormone levels are and treat them. Bring them back into balance. Women who have higher testosterone and progesterone levels tend to have less cellulite. And aside from seeking hormone replacement therapy, you might also consider activities that naturally boost these hormone levels, such as making sure that your nutrition is in balance. Remember, our hormones, even our sex hormones, will fall out of balance if we don't have the proper nutrients. Like I am learning so much right now because I'm really looking at brain health and dementia and Alzheimer's, and I am just shocked to learn how many forms of dementia result from vitamin deficiencies. It just blows my mind. And now realizing that even our cellulite, like everything relates to, I mean, optimal health, not just feeling great, but feeling great and looking great, looking our best, having thicker hair, having smoother skin, having more energy, having a stronger sex drive, living longer, having stronger cognition, having more clarity and focus. Like I'm beginning to see a pattern. Are you like basically if we want to be our best in all of these areas, you know, just pick one. The prescription is the same. It's multifaceted. It's fix your nutrition. It's supplement. It is to get more sleep, reduce your stress, eat an unprocessed diet, exercise daily. Now that might sound like a lot, but think about it. By doing those things, just about anything that you're trying to improve will improve. If you want to be an optimal human, these are the things. And I would love to tell you that there's a magic surgery or a laser treatment or a cream or a pill, something that will fix all of these things, but they're temporary. Oh, but don't let me forget on the subject of exercise. I did, in preparation for this episode, learn that there is substantial evidence to support weightlifting activities, especially for women, because weightlifting activities, meaning you're lifting heavy weight, and that could also be your body weight, but you're training to increase muscular strength and endurance, a minimum of three times a week will increase your natural testosterone levels. So why not do it more than that? I lift weights six days a week. I freaking love it. I will lift weights before I do cardio. Because remember, it isn't just any type of exercise. We all know that woman who just does the treadmill or the stair climber, she only does cardio, and she kind of has that skinny fat appearance because she's burning the calories, but she's not putting any muscle in her body. When you put muscle in your body, you begin to change your body's composition. That shift in body composition will create a shift in your hormone levels. You'll likely produce more human growth hormone, which again, reduces the appearance of cellulite as does testosterone. I just think it's one of the most powerful things that women can do is heavy strength training. You look awesome, you feel amazing, and you give your body shape. Okay, now I know what you are hoping for. You're hoping that I'm gonna go over the different laser treatments or talk about liposuction. And I'm going to tell you, I've read some pretty promising things 
I think they are short-term fixes. I think they are a workaround. I would much rather you take a whole person healthy approach. But dude, I am so not opposed to having the cosmetic surgeries, the procedures, like bring it on. But I'm not an expert in this area. And I just feel like there was so much that I read and I wasn't anticipating finding some promising results, or I should say researching and learning that there are some promising treatments. But I am not the expert in this area. So I want to bring on cosmetic surgeon and expert. I'm going to see if I can't get my good friend Beauty by Dr. K to do an episode with me all about the latest cellulite treatments. As long as you pinky promise me, you're going to do all these other things too, right? Like why not try to give your overall body a better appearance? Because let's face it, even if there are some great treatments, you can't do it head to toe. You're going to pick an area, right? So in the meantime, while I persuade her to do an episode with us, and I'll do some research on pricing and how well do they work and how do they hold up after a year or two, which ones are the gimmicks, which ones are the nightmares, like there's a lot to be learned. And I'm not the expert here. So I want to stay in my lane and I will reach out to her. In the meantime, let's just review what you need to do. Reduce your inflammation. No one eats a perfect diet, so you need to supplement. My go-to is, it's called Myself Again, and you can get them through Phase It Up. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. I take the Myself Again supplements. It's a little pack specifically designed for women over 40, and it's got all those essential nutrients that are going to help you to reduce inflammation, and they aid in all of the things that we tend to be deficient in as we age. Circulation. We can improve circulation with daily exercise. We improve circulation with some fascia blasting. We can improve circulation with gentle massage, using a percussion massager ourselves. Just, you know how to get circulation going. Let's get that circulation going. Most importantly, you got to start moving. Collagen production. If you believe you are deficient in collagen, then consider doing a high quality collagen supplement. And if it's an issue of body fat, well, then you can consider reducing your body fat by creating an energy deficit, a slight energy deficit. If you need help with that, go to phaseitup.com. Know your hormone levels. Ladies, look at your skin. Your skin is going to tell you what's going on with your sex hormones. Don't ignore them. Don't feel like you're captive in a boat being swept away by the tide. You sit in the driver's seat. You can hold the oars. You can look into hormone replacement. Or if nothing else, like get your hormone levels tested. Ask your doctor for that. And lastly, we talked about our own genetic predisposition. Remember that 80 to 90% of women say that they have cellulite. So you're pretty normal if you're in that group. I sure hope this episode has helped to shed some light on this for you. Can you do me a favor? If you know a teen girl, will you send her this episode? Because she needs to understand it is so normal and she's not seeing it in social media. Not that they read magazines anymore at this age, right? Like I just dated myself. But she's not seeing cellulite. She's just, except in the mirror, and it's going to mess with her head. So if you know a teen girl, send her this episode and tell her she's beautiful. If you know a girlfriend who might also find this very interesting, send it to her. And then lastly, be sure to share this episode, and maybe we could tag Beauty by Dr. K. She's my girl. And we can talk her into doing a complete episode for us on the latest cellulite treatments. If you're down with that, I'm going to put her Instagram handle in my show notes, along with a few other cool things, as well as our Organifi link. I love you. Can you hear the dogs barking in the background? Life of a podcaster who broadcasts from home. I love you. I mean it.
I'll talk to you soon.